Please welcome. Please welcome. Welcome. This is another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast, a podcast where we talk about what makes a business valuable, learn the tips and tactics to increase your company's value that only veteran dealmakers know. And now here's your host, Ed Misogland. Welcome to the Defenders of Business Value podcast. I'm your host, Ed Misogland. And for the last, gosh, 99 episodes, We've been talking with business owners, business advisors, lenders, uh, and business buyers about value and how to make businesses saleable. And so for those of you that are longtime listeners, you know that at the end of every podcast, I've always asked the same question. You know, if there's one thing that, that a business owner can do today that would make the biggest impact, what would it be? So that's what this episode is going to be about. We're talking about the the t- top 10-ish things that that a business owner can do to, to help in making their business saleable. It's a good, you know, a good reminder of why we do this. There's roughly 10,000 people on my on my Defenders of Business Value newsletter. And if you haven't signed up for that, I strongly suggest that you do. Um, you know, where we talk, you know, just the things that I find interesting about business value, about growing businesses, uh, scaling them, um, you know, each, you know, and it's a, it's a weekly newsletter. It doesn't cost anything. So, uh, we'll have a link in the show notes for you to, to sign up if you're not already a subscriber. So, okay, let's talk about this. Um, you know, the first thing everybody, everybody always said was, it's about people and it really is. So it's about culture. It's about how can people, you know, treat your people right, help your people grow and utilize your people instead of yourself. Those, that is the big people thing. And 80, roughly 80% of, of the respondents. So 80% of the hundred people that I interviewed all talked about people. And that shouldn't be a surprise to any of us that, you know, people are what make the make our respective businesses grow and treating them right and helping them grow into the into the people that we we want them to be will do nothing but help our own businesses. So the first thing is is people. The next thing people brought up or my guest brought up was preparing your business for sale. Everybody wants everybody and everybody talks about this. Everybody talks about, you know, you have to have your business for sale. And, you know, there's a lot of business owners that just don't have the time, energy, effort, money to prepare their businesses for sale. But what we found was that if you just do even the basics, and when I say basics, that's just learning about what drives value in your business. And that is a, that will help, help you. I don't want to say, I don't know the exact statistic. I know in our office, you know, we can say that if we, if you do some value work and we do some, you know, some pre-sale consulting, you know, you, you change the dynamics and you're probably 60 to 80% more likely to, to sell your company just because you, you now know what you're, what you're facing. Um, and, and it helps you tax plan. It helps you do all those things. So there's three legs of, of the stool when you're doing planning. It's, it's number one, it's the business side. How do you prepare the business side? How do you prepare you 
the financial side, your financial side, and then how do you handle, you know, the emotional or the personal side of things. And so all of that, all of that plays into it that when you go to the deal theater that you are ready to, to sell and you know kind of where you're going to land from a value standpoint and what you're going to do afterwards. So, so the next thing is, is back to valuation. Not that this is any surprise since the podcast is called Defenders of Business Value. But when we start talking about, you know, assuming that a business owner or a business buyer is not going to make silly financial mistakes. You know, years ago, you know, the, it, it was about negotiation and, and there's a certain component still is, but the business deal has to, to pencil out. And when I say pencil out, it has to have the, the attributes for a good deal. It has to pay the owner or somebody to run the business. It has to service the debt, you know, that the, that the buyer is going to, to, to put on the business in order to pay for it. And it has to provide a return of and on, on that buyer's investment. Those are the three ingredients. And from, and as we talked about many, many, many times, we're talking about, you know, value is a three components. All right. The first component is about risk. Next is expectation. So what's going to, what is the future of the business look like? And then lastly, so it's, it's it's earnings. And so when we start talking about valuation, those are the components that that make all of this work. And and again, when we talk about pricing businesses realistically, it is the numbers just have to work. And there's there's no there's really no way around it. All right. Next is, you know, we had um, uh, Elliot Holland. He's a, a quality of earnings consultant uh, out of Guardian Due Diligence uh, out east. And, and one of the big things that he brought up was, you know, you got to be transparent with buyers. Everybody's going to find out, no matter, no matter how slick you think you are and how buried your skeletons may be, everybody will find out at some point, whether it's pre-sale or post-sale. And if there's post-sale, you're going to say, well, but, you know, the deal's already done. Well, you know, most buyers are are becoming more astute where there's some sort of holdback in order to make sure that, you know, any kind of, I don't want to say discrepancies, but any kind of sins of the the uh, owner, whether it's intentional or unintentional, those there, there's a way and a mechanism to offset some of that purchase price. All right. The next thing is to be flexible. That, that's our, num- our, our number four thing is that flexibility in a transaction is always the most important thing is that you know your your highest price may not be your best offer it may be you know we're in my world we're more interested in what you're putting what you put in your pocket more so than the top line you know ego is about top line i'm more interested in post tax post fees what do you put in in your pocket and so you being flexible and understanding you know, there, there's a bunch of levers that, that deal people have, have at their disposal to make the deal work. And if you understand where the buyer's coming and the buyer understands where the seller's coming, that's all we need is two motivated parties. Somehow, some way, we'll figure this thing out that mitigates the risk on the buyer side and maximizes the value on the seller. Those are the, that's the flexibility that we're looking for. So number five is patience. Patience is, is, an, another one of those key tenants where 
you know, it just takes time. You know, there is a, while, you know, we market, you know, with direct mail, digital print, you know, all of these, all of these things that attract buyers. And remember, we have three different types of buyers we're looking at. We're looking at individuals or financial buyers. We're looking at strategic buyers and we're looking at private equity groups, depending on the size of the business. And so when we do that, you have to remember it takes time to 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 do that. So being prepared, like we said on number on the first on tenant number one, is that the more prepared you are, the faster the deal will go. So your your the deal process will take anywhere from you know six to twelve months probably, and you have to remember you have a presale portion where you're planning, you know, let's just say that's six months. And then on the backside, there's going to be a trailer where you have to transition the business. So, so from my standpoint, I, I, I think everybody should anticipate that it's a one to two year sales process to be totally out. All right. And then, you know, let's, let's talk about a few others that people brought up. The first is, is, you know, every business is unique and you may say, well, it's really not, you know, my, you know, my business is, you know, we, we just make widgets. That's all we do. Well, yes and no, you make widgets, but you, you know, you're, there is something unique about your business. And there is a reason why people do business with you. And to me, that is what you you want to, to focus on is what is your unique value proposition? Because if the, if a buyer will, can, can see and adopt and implement, you know, how they would take what you've started and carry on. It makes the business more saleable. All right. The next one is, you know, somehow, some way you have to get the business into its best profitable condition. And that means showing profit. So if if you're, if you're minimizing taxes, I'm all for it. You just have to document, 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 because there's like I was telling you about Elliot Holland on quality of earnings. He, he comes in and he he gives you a, a you know a, a mini audit or you know quasi colonoscopy at, to find all of the skeletons that you know that that are there and so when you start burying so much of your personal you know your personal benefit of owning a business into the income statement it's hard to extract that and bankers don't like it and nor do nor do buyers. And so so my recommendation or the recommendation of my guess is you know what you probably need to show some profit. If if you have the runway and you can sh- you can come along and and uh you have some time show some profit because it it's really going to benefit you. All right, next is bolster the management team. All right? We talked about people up front, but now it's management. You know, and when we talk about management, it's about, you know, how do we, how do we get the managers in, we have a, a, a level of management that's not us as business owners. All right. So how, how do we bring up that next, that next generation or the, that, the people that are just below us? Do we have anybody on the bench that can buy it? Because you got to remember, there's all kinds of opportunities for for employees or key employees to find money through the SBA and buy the company. I can tell you that this year alone, 
we've done three or four deals where the key employee bought the business. And sometimes it's been without any money down. I mean, now granted, the, the employee is going to have to, you know, have the Knorkers to, to, uh, personally guarantee a lot of money depending on the size of the business. But nevertheless, they have, you know, they did not have to put any money into, into the deals. Um, so my point is that don't, if you have the runway and you have the time, you look at, you can look at the, at the composition of the people that work for you. And maybe they're, maybe they're can somebody in there is a candidate to buy the business. Now you're going to, you're, I'm going to get emails about ESOPs. Well, ESOPs are fine. Um, I was, I was recently at a, an event. I mean, I, ESOPs were the, the big thing and everybody was pushing for ESOPs. I'm not certain that, that it takes, um, I'm not certain that every business is a candidate for an ESOP. And if you listen to my episode with Andy Mancher from Cat Zapper Miller, you'll find that that's, that's the, he has the same kind of position where, you know, here's the things that you need to consider if you're going to be a good candidate for ESOP. And it, it has a lot to do with what's on payroll as well as, you know, do you have the, the ongoing, you know, appetite to do what it takes to, to maintain an ESOP. All right. Next is, you know, there are going to be other professional advisors, the, the whole deal team, you know, you on the sell side, you got, you know, perhaps you have a broker, an investment banker, you have accounts, attorney, estate planner, tax guy, insurance guy, lender. You know, th that's your deal team and times two on the buy side. And you have to remember that everybody, everybody is trying to look out for their client's best interest. And keeping that in mind, you know, it it's it's important. It's important that it's good to play nice with others. And, and a couple of my guests have, have brought that up that, you know what, ultimately, as the business owner, if you're if you're really thinking about selling, you're in the driver's seat. You get to control the people that are advising you. That's all they are. They're providing advice. They aren't making the decision. And, you know, if you're not in a position to make that decision, then perhaps now's not the right time to sell. And that's OK. But not being able to control the people that, um, you know, that are helping you sell. That's that is a that's a challenge because they'll scuttle your deal. And and again, it's not intentional. It's just that's what happens. So working with professional advisors is is certainly critical and um, and optimal in order for you to be successful in, in the sale. And then lastly, and this is this is probably the most important tenant, so to speak, is you don't have to sell ever. And there is nothing wrong with that. And I think, you know, from a, from a, from a deal guy standpoint, you know, we sit and we talk about, you know, sure we want to sell your business, but at the end of the day, there is nothing wrong with you saying, you know what, I am going to die with this business, or I'm going to run this business until I can't run it or until it stops running. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And there, you know, I think a lot of the business owners that we talk to, you know, there's an ego about it, you know, that, that they successfully exited their business. But at the same time, you know, I know a lot of 70, 75 year old business owners that are totally killing it. 
and they're having the best time of their life and there's no reason to sell if they don't have to. So, you know what? God bless you if you want to keep keep going. All I ask is that you you talk to your family about, you know, this is what I'm going to do rather than than uh, you know, then then surprise them, you know, because at some point and this is the this is the other side is that, you know, at some point help the health sneaks up on you and, you know, there's a there's a, a you know, an emergency or a tragedy. And now all of a sudden the family's got to figure out what in the world to do. So my only ask of you is, you know, just plan for that. You know, look, I'm going to run this business. And if, if something should happen to me, this is what you need to do. And the quicker that the family or the, or whomever is in that role to, to support the business owner there, that's what they're to do is, you know, here's the playbook. If something happens to me, this is what you do with the business. And the faster it can be implemented, the more value you get retained. Okay. So, so those are my 10 tenants um, that I learned over the hundred episodes. And so as we move into the next hundred, you know, it's still the same, you know, buyers are becoming more sophisticated and sellers, you know, sellers, I don't, I don't know if they're, if they're, they're adopting and understanding, you know, the whole sales process. I can tell you that when, when sellers are going to the market, they are outgunned terribly against the buyers. The buyers will have looked at many, many more businesses than the sellers have sold. And so when you, when, when the seller reaches that deal theater, they need to be in a position that kind of levels the playing field. And that's what the goal of Defenders of Business Value is. We want to level that playing field that, you know, everybody's going, everybody's looking for a great deal. Sellers are looking for it. Buyers are. And collectively, you know, every business seller wants that buyer to succeed. Everyone, I, I, sh- I should say, there, certainly there's bad actors, but generally speaking, the seller wants to maximize the value. The buyer wants to minimize the risk. And that's all, that's, that's just the name of the game. And, but I can tell you going forward, um, you know, we're going to continue talking to, to those people that, uh, that help business owners and advisors, as well as buyers, you know, in this sale business sale process. So thanks for being a listener. I, I know it's probably been hard a few times, but uh, I'm sure grateful for, for these hundred episodes. So like I said earlier, you know, if you aren't a subscriber to my podcast, you need to do that. And if you're not a subscriber to the newsletter, you sure better do that. So again, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. This was another episode of the Defenders of Business Value Podcast. For more episodes packed with strategies to increase the value of your business, visit DefendersOfBusinessValue.com for show notes, transcripts, and free tools to start you on your journey. Subscribe now so you don't miss any future episodes.